social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. A problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. 24 hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook, and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732 6562. It's Coogie. It's 24 hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating 401 732 6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. As I said, it is Monday. I am uh, back in the United States. A, uh, boy, that was a lot of travel over the course of the weekend. Uh, by the way, I, sympathy to anyone who was traveling over the weekend. A lot of problems. I believe, um, as much as they're saying there was weather and Southwest was having problems in JetBlue, I, I believe that this is really because Biden still has this, you know, ridiculous, uh, we have to wear the masks. And and I, I just think that there's a lot of pushback. And I understand it, by the way, because it is a complete drag. And, you know, there, there I was, um, it, as far as on, on the plane flying home, um, it, it wasn't such a big deal. But as soon as you, you reach the United States, especially the New York new jersey area boom uh all the masks go on and it and it's just it's it is it's it's cumbersome it's tiresome um i want everyone to know i certainly appreciate what we did was uh certainly out of the ordinary and um in in with the technology to me it just makes sense more and more is coming out about the story in ukraine how russia's behaving you know the atrocities that are taking place mass graves executing civilians they think there's now a pattern, actually, that this wasn't even random, that this was going on in, in several different places, as disturbing as it is. I'm going to play some of the sound, but I want you to know, it was, um, and, and I there's so many people that I want to thank, and I will continue to thank as we go along, and I'm still trying to, you know, kind of almost process everything that, that happened and, and took place, but I want to share with you, it's, 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 um, it's, it's very powerful. It was a, people, you know, asking me, and... I'll just tell you that it, it, it was a very powerful um, thing to be part of, basically. Uh, it was, um, you know, to, to see the, the, the will to survive in the human struggle and, and what those people are going through. And, and I think a lot of the people that were initially coming out on this of, of, of saying and trying to almost, oh, this is just a border dispute and so forth. You, you're seeing innocent people killed, and especially the latest now and the genocide that's been taking place. It is, is just so uh, outrageous what has been occurring and, and should not be allowed to continue. And they, they have to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable for this. In uh, in Putin, it's just, it's so rotten of what's being done to the to those people and so i i have a feeling that more people are starting to really get a sense of what what took place here um a lot of people are starting to realize just the outrageousness of it and i want to um also you know thank like re coogan and heating they were so supportive folks call them today 401-732-6562 and and i've heard from so many of you that really enjoyed uh real uh, not rushed, not just 90 seconds, real, being right there on the scene and talking to the different 
people coming across. And then obviously, you know, as time goes on, I'll, I'll talk more and more about my time in Ukraine. Folks, there were things I wasn't talking about at the time. I will talk as time goes on a little bit. Uh, it, it was very dangerous. It was really dangerous at night. And the checkpoints, there, there are people being uh, shot and there are people being shot, maybe not killed, but definitely wounded. There's a lot of tension. Any Anyone will tell you, when you get into a nighttime situation, anyone right now, if you're listening and you're either in law enforcement or you know someone in law enforcement, ask them the difference between 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, on a Monday or 11 o'clock at night or two o'clock in the afternoon and two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon and three o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, so there is a difference. And, and at nighttime and, and the early morning hours, think of how many of these crimes, just locally shootings, take place at, you know, very sometimes very, very late at night. Now amplify that a lot. <laughs> and you have a sense of, of what it was like um, dur during the course of, of being there in, in a war situation now. And I want to go on. There's been some good reporting on this. This um one of the out outlying areas these these mass graves that they're seeing let me hear a, um i want to play just a little bit of this Bucha, Bucha. right now are you seeing it in other towns that the ukrainians have reoccupied the main problem and when we have to clear understand that is not exception in Bucha, Gastomel, or Upin. Right now, we have uh, reoccupied uh, towns of Makarov and Borodyanka, and situation in there may be even worse than in Bucha. Mm. And so it's it's take to, to time to understand this and to identify this. But witness says it's a more terrible situation in, in, uh, than in Bucha. We have to clear, of course, but uh, it could be. If we, had, uh, we if we look at Mariupol after all is will be ended finished i think it's a hundred more worse situations than in butch you know folks there and again i i recognize some of this you don't even want to listen to it's just so outrageous but you know they're discovering a house where the russian soldiers would bring civilians in. they divided the house one room was just for torturing and then the other room they would execute them um what what like what are we talking about these aren't soldiers these are civilians what, what, what's the, is that all part of the battle? Is, all, is that all part of war? And the outrageousness of these people that are still uh, still supporting or, or giving cover to a lot that, that's going on. So, all right. So President Zelensky was on Face the Nation yesterday. Nice coup by them. Listen to um, President Zelensky with the translator yesterday on Face the Nation. In the Donbass southeast area of your country. Oh, hold on. Here we go. The city of Mariupol. Are you having any success getting civilians out? Many people, many thousands of people have been evacuated. In certain cities, 35, 30, 40,000 have been evacuated, so altogether hundreds of thousands. But nevertheless, uh, there are still hundreds of thousands remain blocked. Some of them are blocked or behind the bars. To answer your question about Mariupol, before the beginning of this full-fledged war and the occupation of Mariupol, there have been lots of people and all the corridors have been blocked, including humanitarian corridors, the supply of food and uh, water. So in this city now, there is 150 thousand lots of dead bodies in the street lots of wounded people among military and civilians the evacuation happens only when the russian side agrees to ukrainian proposal to open a corridor so the corridor for the food or water simply do not exist in those cities that are occupied by you know the the element and that's president Zelensky on face the nation the element of 
and and we do see it, folks. Um, and as, as brutal as it is, but people need to see it. You you have they're finding civilians whose hands are tied behind their back, and then they're still executed. What 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 was the danger that they posed? What what exactly was was their crime? Uh, this is beyond outrageous. In in President Biden, listen, I'm not going to argue. He just continues to be weak. He uh, has not stepped up. They're so afraid of inflaming Putin. And again, you don't have to talk about putting American boots on the ground. Just take a stronger stance. Biden, you know, he wasn't wrong with his gaffe of saying this guy can't remain in power. But then he quickly, you know, and with his staff, they walked it back. This is not a White House that is built for war. I go back to, you know, the Godfather. Remember the the whole line to Tommy, Tom, you're not a wartime consigliere. This is... um. The, the, the Biden is certainly not, nor is his staff. The, this is they, they need. It's, it's not that to provide them with the weapons they need to to fight back. It's they're not going to stop. All they're doing is moving the troops around. They're moving pieces around on a board. Period. End of story. That's that's what they're doing. They have no intentions of stopping. Again, you're listening to the John DePietro show. Folks, this portion of the program, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to our friend Paul Manville, John, the roofer residential commercial roofing call toll free 1-866-906 roof this is a good time of year and then the spring book your appointment how about get a free quote residential commercial roofing john the roofer 1-866-906 roof 1-866-906 roof get a free quote from paul manville and and john the roofer they're not they're not going to stop all they're going to do is that he the they want to take the land in ukraine that has the most value as far, far as natural resources. This, this is someone, the Biden administration, I, I, I just, I don't know how much weaker they can get. Um, and, and the fact that I want to also play, uh, again, I want to give credit to that H.R. McMaster was on uh, Face the Nation. Listen to what he says about Putin. He's being described as one where his military is failing. Is the U.S. and Europe making him 10 feet tall when he's not? Yes, I think so. I think I think uh, I think Putin is really on the ropes here. And of course, the, oh, what does he have left, Mario? All he only has left are threats, cyber threats. Well, that's not working out for some reason. I think we'll we'll learn more about that later. But then all, the only thing he can do is is rattle his nuclear saber, which is what he's done. And of course, that's a cause for concern. But I think we have to to not forget the don't part of don't take counsel of our fears. And I think at this stage, what we're seeing when we confront the, the horrors and the mass murder that is that occurred as a and the horrible abuses i think we feel now compelled to do more well i think what we shouldn't do is wait any longer to do what it takes to give ukraine all the tools necessary to fully beat back this offensive and to make it clear to the russians that they're going to be unable to renew it an offensive in the future you know folks that's actually um that i'm not going to say i'm the first one but uh, you you have a willing army you have a willing leader just just give them the ammunition that they need they're losing the battle on the ground where they're winning is the battle of the skies give them the power to fight russia in the skies and shoot down and and take out the missiles and take out some of their ships that are firing that give them the firepower they need to to win all right a lot more ahead you're listening to the john DePietro show propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in massachusetts 508 252 3359 in rhode island propane plus number 401-885-4209 it's the johnson family it's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane to rhode island and southeastern mass not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries but they can service your entire heating cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances locations in east greenwich and also in rehoboth remember propane plus is energy for everyone it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and also now it's renewable online at propaneplus.com propane plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus folks you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. I am back in the United States, and it is time once again. 
for our segment Politics this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, AnchorRising.com. It's our friend Justin Katz. And um, <clears throat> Justin, um, I, I want to start off just because um, I noticed that, uh, you know, it took a week, but Governor McKee seemingly kind of found some talking points, some talking points he's comfortable with. I'm not trying to be dismissive, but I'm, I'm just trying to think of a politician that ever ran afoul of the FBI that suddenly was like, oh, you know, I guess I guess I did those things and so forth. I mean, I um, his his kind of speech to the media at the end of last week of, We've done so much and it's not being reported. And I, I came in in the middle of a pandemic and and all this other stuff. And uh, maybe he feels like, to me, he's found his footing a little bit. But I, I was there. The buddy CNC said, I'll fight this all the way to The Hague. And... Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. Look for them on Facebook. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Four zero one six eight eight zero five one seven. I was saying again. Um, we're we're now hearing. Governor McKee, end of the week, he was more vocal with the reporters now. He seems to kind of decided on a strategy, which is, you know, kind of like, you know, we were working hard. We were in the middle of pandemic and I've done nothing wrong. So I I, I still think it's it's just going to be the dominating story. Certainly is right now, just because there's so much going on behind the scenes. But let's um, I want to get an update and hear some of your thoughts on this FBI probe of Governor McKee and his administration. Well, uh, honestly, I think, yeah, I was encouraging him in last week to, you know, just be very, very strong and come out swinging, but he always goes in the wrong direction in my view. I mean, his, his response it was almost uh, like we discussed last week, how he told the reporter, well, uh, I don't want to walk away. Cause then you'll think I, I'm hiding something. And that's kind of the feeling you get, even when he swaggers. I mean, he, his line was that I can't, I can tell you there's nothing that could, that's going to reflect on me in any way. Well, you know, that sounds sort of like, yeah, I know I've, I've covered myself well enough, so you're not going to catch me. And then he sure. turned to COVID and, you know, as if reminding people that he participated in keeping schools shut down and harming the economy. And, and he's even bizarre. I had to read it twice. He was saying he's, we had low vaccination rates. I mean, he was recently bragging about how high they were. So, you know, reminding people of COVID, I don't think is the solution. So I, I think he does everything wrong, frankly. I think it, it should have been really just, you know, we're, we're cooperating. There's nothing to see. And, and I'm going to give you every bit of information I possibly can to get this all on the table so we can right. move on from it. But instead it's, it's denial. It's, it, he looks like a guy who's, who's, fighting off a, con- a scandal which is not yeah even when you're doing that that's not what you want to look like you're doing and and the really great politicians whether you're talking buddy cianci or i don't know bill clinton have a talent for not doing that and he's, he's sort of in the opposite he's like the bumbling guy hitting hitting a rake every time he tries to move <laughs> you know that's an excellent point and on top of that instead of just like you know, to be I, listen, I, I don't know what they're looking for. I don't think anything was done. I this, we're going to cooperate. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Instead, he he just went off on the laundry list. And to me, it, it seemed rehearsed. I believe it was. Um, I get you get the feeling that if somehow this comes up in a debate or going forward, he's going to use it as an opportunity to try to remind people. But as you said, when he said when I came in, we had low rac- vaccination rates. At that time, the vaccine was pretty new. No one had high vaccination rates in, in March of, of 21. Um, it was a year ago. And as far as the schools, that's exactly right. If anything, you know, the masking stayed on. He was saying that it was all still virtual. And I, I don't think that that was the case. A lot of this to me, Justin, was just that's the nature that was playing out with, 
with the pandemic, which was, you know, the spring of last year, things seemingly were getting a lot better. It was better than the year before. We were learning more about it. But he's somehow, you know, as if he was just absolutely up against it, like a 9-11 situation. And, and is it possible that he maybe made the wrong decision? That It doesn't even match up with the facts. The facts are they're looking into. It sure seems that he completely walked some friends of his through uh, a process where they ended up with a $5 million contract that was supposed to be an open bidding process. Yeah, certainly. And and I don't think the, the busyness of a pandemic is the excuse he thinks it is. I mean, you, you can go the other way. You can say, right. I mean, we've already talked often about how he, coming into this administration, he should have told everybody, we are not doing anything that comes anywhere near looking like cronyism. And yeah. that should have been your default. You know, okay, fine. You're you're dealing with COVID. You're running around trying to save the save the world. Then somebody comes up, up to you and says, "Yeah, we need millions of dollars for this program, and this this bidder is ten times more than the other one." The answer is just no. Like, look, we're not going to deal with this right now. Maybe that's a good deal, but we don't have time to make sure we're going to do something unusual. And I think that's where he's really behind it. Is he did something unusual? The bidding process, the friends, the going with the highest bidder. All these things are unusual. That doesn't mean there's that may not be some explanation. But when you're busy, you don't do the the unusual thing. And I think that's you, you, if you think through his talking points even just a little bit, and he, he can be sure that his his opposition is going to do just that. I think you're right. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, Incorising.com. Um, not only that, but then he also touched on you know a couple first of all he i i just think he he feels caught red-handed because of that email that he's actually think about that he's actually in the exchange i mean as i think about this justin if this was anyone else if this had been can you imagine if governor Ramundo, which i you know i i can't picture that but if she was actually emailing with the person who is then submitting to try to get a five million dollar bid. I mean, I, how could they have thought that that was on the up and up? But he also then floated out, and some members of the media are reporting that this happened within COVID. Again, you know, I I spoke with our legal analyst last week, Attorney Tim Dottie. That that that's just not the type of thing that flies under the guise of the law. If you just say, you know, gee, I was I was we were new and we were in the middle of this pandemic and. I was working on it every day and night, and it, it, it sounds like he's trying to make an excuse that he was doing this, he and his people are doing this phenomenal job, but it was like a life and death any minute, um, you know, and, and then somehow in the midst of it, if someone wants to twist it, it looks like maybe, some, you know, they didn't follow the letter of the law. I, again, there is a process, you're talking about $5 million at least. I think their first bid was was way more above that. And then they brought it down to that. Um, But I think we're getting a sense of where he's kind of going to be on this anytime anyone asks between now and the primary. Yeah. And he, it's always repeatedly, it's, I didn't know. And I mean, that's the, that's the key question, especially when you're, you've been involved in the email exchanges yep. is what were you thinking? And there's an answer yeah. to that. People are forgiving. If you can come up with a decent answer, what were you thinking? Then that's fine. People will move on. And I think he should do that sooner than later so that he doesn't have to deal with it for the next six months or so. Um, but instead he goes, Oh, it's almost more like, Oh, I wasn't thinking. I didn't know. Nobody, nobody told me it wasn't, you know, it was just, uh, we were busy. I wasn't paying attention. You know, I, it just, it doesn't make any sense. No matter how much he wants to push back as if, as if he's got some swagger about having saved us from COVID. But that's, that to me is the operative thing. He, he won't explain his thinking. He won't even admit that he knew what was going on, which is, it's just not a good look for somebody who wants to continue to be the chief executive of the state. That's right. And uh, speaking of COVID, he did get his second booster shot, which I think that was the occasion that the media was there. Uh, but Justin, the, the thing that pops in my mind, all right, it's a new month. It's April. Uh, why didn't Dr. Scott give him the administer? At least then she'd be earning her 46000 that she's <laughs> going to get this month. And she's going to get another 46000 next month. He can try to spin that in a way, but don't think he i mean i just don't think he's he's going to be successful with it because the probe is the probe and as much it's you know like it it almost to me came off like how dare anyone be 
questioning my what I was doing. I was, you know, saving lives as this was going on. <laughs> Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Cast, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DeBetro Show. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesit Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesit Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesit Inn, 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, I want to get your thoughts on the Republican candidate for governor, Ashley uh, Kuala. She announced last week that she was now, she's willing to put up, I think she she did put up 500000 half a million of her own money, and said basically she's willing and uh, to write a check, whatever it will be, in order for her to be competitive. It's kind of interesting because then that immediately dwarfed it. Uh, that Helena Bonanno folks, who supposedly, you know, at one point was making many millions per year, and she put up 100000 But what do you make of uh, your thought on the candidate for governor Republican side basically saying she's uh, willing to step up and put up 500000 of her own money? Well, it is interesting. I mean, I'm I'm of two minds here. Uh, both of them, I guess, cynical. But she's she's definitely coming on a lot stronger than I I would have expected. You know, I you, you kind of expect the the GOP is starving for a, a candidate. So somebody who's willing to put up a little bit of money and spend some time goes to the front of the line. Especially some you know woman who's good for for the messaging of the party in that regard. And she comes in with that pledge of a, a half a million and and to pledge to raise or, or loan or whatever as much money as it takes to be competitive she's she's out there she's pledging at least to be 24 7 100 full, full time on this job um which and she's you know out, out at all the republican meetings meeting them putting up selfies with with republicans in rhode island uh so she she's definitely jumped in in a strong way which is which is good. It just kind of makes you wonder, you know, what she's, what's her real goal, what she's after. And I mean, I guess there's a, I'm, I'm skeptical having lived here for so long, but I guess there's a chance that she, she thinks she's got a really good shot, but um, so far she's, she's doing well. I mean, if she, she responded, I thought, well, to Kathy Gregg, who tried to dig up and make some controversy over the fact that I guess she bought a boat in Florida or something, and she's having it, it brought up here. But so I'm not sure quite how that was a controversy, but uh, she responded in inviting Kathy Gregg to go fishing with her. So, so far, she's she's a, a lot stronger candidate than I, I kind of expected, especially after months of, of being teased by the party. Hey, Justin, I'm curious if 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 they reached out to you just what would be, you know, the people, they can't do, to me, you can't do 10. But I'm just curious uh, if there's, what, what would you advise for her, the, the top one or two, maybe even three, but what top one or two issues that, that you would suggest that in her, someone in her position should focus on that could, you know, help her get more support for a campaign, hopefully bring in some independent voters, maybe steal some Democrat voters that normally would vote Democrat, but go with her. Just curious if, if you have in your mind those issues that you feel that if, if someone would embrace this, it would be a, a path for a very competitive race. Well, I, I think they're, they're really two. One of them is kind of specific and one broader, but the, the specific one is, is education and not in the Helena yeah. folks here. I'm, here's how I'm going to spend your money on education. In the real full-throated school choice, we need to fix this. We need to give parents an opportunity. Uh, in polling I've seen over, and it's consistent over years and years, uh, the, the most similar groups for school choice are, are Black Americans and conservative Republicans that those and people in Providence, they've got those ter ter terrible schools that yeah. nobody's responding to them. That's a, that's ripe for the picking. And the most diverse crowd I've ever seen uh, was, was when Republicans brought in a, a video, a movie about school choice in Cranston. Uh, the, the theater was full and it was, it was almost evenly split racially from what I remember. Uh, so that's, a, that's a real strong issue that we could start to cross lines, particularly after COVID has got to be even, even stronger. And particularly with Providence 
the unions refusing to to admit that they're or well, admit that they've been dragging their heels and just the state refusing yeah. to push back enough to do anything that is a big big apple for the picking and i also feel like maybe and this is always where you know rhode island can often disappoint but a lot of the issues from COVID and just generally with the money, especially all the bonuses and all that kind of stuff. At some point, you know, somebody's got to be able to come forward with a political message and, and win saying, how, why are we letting this happen? <laughs> this is not difficult. Let's just be smart and let's take on all the sacred cows and the insiders and just push back on it. And I think those two combined would be, would be a very strong, strong campaign for a Republican. You know, that's an excellent point. It's also interesting, as I, I just want to pivot back just for a moment to Governor McKee, when he was going through his laundry list of things, and I, I'm putting up $250 million for school construction. I, I'm putting up $40 million for job training. You, you'd almost think it's his money. <laughs> I mean, this is all COVID money. It's all our money. But the way he was rattling it off, I mean, he just – otherwise, that would have been Ramundo doling out the, the money. I, I was almost – I was taken aback at that, that he almost acts like – God, you people are ungrateful. I'm, I'm taking your own money, and I'm deciding where I think it should go. And you have the nerve to question me, <laughs> um, I, I, you know. And that, and and when I see that, you know, uh, I think Speaker Sakachi suggested anyone has an idea what we should do with all this money, let me know. And then, you know, unsurprisingly, it's reached like twelve billion dollars, and oh, it's too bad we only have one billion. <laughs> Listen to me. We we elect leaders have a, a good handle on the pulse of what are the biggest needs. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's things, you know, that are maybe not the, the red shiny object or the, or, you know, the, the most uh, sexy type of item, but things like infrastructure or things like that, those are things that, that have to be done when they're not done. And then they fail, they affect, you know, the taxpayers, the general population, whether it be how, a lot of communities seem to lose power if the wind goes above 40 miles an hour or, hmm. or, or different problems like that. But um, that was just striking to me that, that the governor almost acts like, like, how dare you people question me when I'm doling out, I'm actually giving you your own money back. Yeah, you know, you raise a good point. And it's almost the same. It's, it's, that's the typical political stance, right? You, you take people's money and, and get them to appreciate you for giving some of it back in some form that helps your friends out. But he's just so bad at hiding it. It's just it just becomes so obvious. I mean, I kind of want to play poker with him because he just I don't think he, he quite gets the game. But that's, that's it's, right. um, it's funny you mentioned Chikarchi and the, the list of of requests for that money when they first did that they said you could submit them suggestions and it was actually in a form of proposals you actually had to write out a little bit of a proposal so i did that in the name of anchor rising early on and it starts with a so it might still be near the top of the list if you go to that website but basically i i think what they should say is we're, we're putting everything into the infrastructure as you said we're we're gonna we're gonna make it so that more and more people don't have to have whole house generators because some the, the yeah. power goes out all the time we're gonna fix all the roads so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna take all that money and then the a couple of years, you're going to be driving on the smoothest roads in the United States of America. Now, that's the kind of thing they could do. It's a it's an investment that doesn't build the money into your budget, which is what they're right. doing. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like corruption, like the, with all the, the bonuses they're giving out to this group and that group and the other. And and I think that's that's really where. And it doesn't take much decision, right? You don't have to have whole committees getting together. How should we put out this money? You know what? We'll just fix the roads. There you go. Boom. But it's just you know, there's not enough enough graft in that they need to spread it around as much as they can i know that uh, several years ago when we were as you were saying we a uh, uh, succession of storms the state kept losing power At one point after hurricane sandy i i'm pretty sure that 80 percent of the state lost power but you know the people started to question well how come the power lines on underground and of course the answer they come up with oh it's too expensive to do that this would be an opportunity certain areas to truly have those power lines uh, running underground instead of you know, every time a tree would blow over, it then crashes into the wires and takes it down. And it's, uh, you know, quite the cumbersome project where the national grid has to go out and all the trucks and then they have to wait till the wind mm-hmm. dies down and then they have to restore it. I mean, it would certainly seem certain key areas you want to be competitive. You have, you know, strong infrastructure for that type of thing. But I think it's it's just what you said, which is then, you know, if you're governor mckee you don't get that you don't have the big uh, photo with the big check you don't have the 
you know, he can't go to the union, the laborers and say, hey, I gave you all that money for the school construction. So you don't get the boats and you don't get the um, the fundraising. Uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor at AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. To check out our website, DePietro.com, DePietro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards, the Senadale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Our segment is politics this week. Justin, a lot of pushback right now in Barrington. Uh, what's interesting to me about that is Barrington's one of those communities. Uh, it can be transient, but if someone moving in from the outside, that's a place that realtors like to you know, recommend, uh, regarded as good schools, uh, you know, nice town, uh, parts of it right along the water. But boy, they're, they're having a lot of problems with their, their school department, and it just seems to be a lot of friction within the town. I know now there's pushback with the parents, and it seems preposterous that Barrington has gotten rid of their honors courses. It does, and it's especially in the name of of equity. It's it's. I, I know there's there's been noise in Barrington, but I'm almost I'm surprised it hasn't been more. I mean, I'm I'm surprised it. That's that's its selling point. I mean, that's why people want to go to Barrington. It, it ought to be one of those like a third rail. You know, if you start messing with our schools, you're out of office. We're going to storm your your the school bu- administration building. But it's not that at all. It's it's more just yeah, we're a little disappointed in this. And the idea of it is it's also I took some a look into their argument for switching up and getting rid of honors. They're doing this what they're calling universal design for learning, UDL, and great, another acronym, CRT, UDL, That's SEL, right. social emotional learning, all this stuff. It, it's all just a big scam. It's not even well, well planned out or well put. The documents they put out are all sloppy. Um, and the, the idea is they're, you know, we're just going to put, we're going to put every, get rid of honors. We're going to put all the kids in the classroom. And they, then they have the gall to turn around and go. And so really, even more people will have the opportunity to do honors level work. You know, it's just, it, it doesn't pass a smell test. And yet in community after community in Rhode Island, Portsmouth is a big one too, which with is, which has generally been thought to have good schools uh, they're, where they're just, they're going into the equity stuff and there's just no reason for it. And yet there's not a lot of pushback, which is uh, at least in my view, enough, enough pushback to amount to compare with what they're actually doing, which is really starting to destroy some of the best school districts in our state, which you start to wonder if that's the point. Cause you know, one way to make people equal is to take all the people who are doing well down a few pegs. Yeah. And that, so that's, that's what I worry that they're actually doing is they're just pushing this through. It's, it's, it's really, it's really upsetting. I, I, I hope I, I well, I, I wish people were, were even more vocal out there. They ought to be. It also, um, as, you know, as the, the parent of, of a child that was in the AP and the honors classes, it, um, when, when you eliminate those, it, it, it really hinders their ability to get into or be considered for some of the top schools because that's one of the things that they, they look for and they weigh it out. And, you know, certain communities, their AP classes and honors classes on, on certain subjects, um, the, the, the colleges are familiar with it. It's, it's weighted a certain way. They're, they're, they're not doing any favors to the, to the students, but I think you're right, Justin. The question is if the Barrington parents and community are actually going to wake up and realize that some of the people in that town, that has actually become a kind of a, a woke town. At one point, you know, years ago, Barrington was, was even like a Republican town. But, boy, they, they have really been overrun by uh, progressives. They, they have the you know, big chapter there for Black Lives Matter. They have people in the town council that seem dedicated to that movement. And, um, and, and all you hear about right now is just a lot of strife in, uh, in Barrington. 
Yeah, and that's you know the the progressives are are pretty sly about that in, in Barrington, East Greenwich, and down in South yep. County. They 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 kind of move in. They they talk a good game. They they they're motivated. They go door to door. And and I've been surprised at a number of let's say the state legislators. They it seems like their spouses are always somewhere involved in in some national progressive movement or organization. That's right. Uh, it, it's it, it's almost as if they're this big wave of funding that we saw yes. toward progressives in the past decade is, is pushing this in, in subtle and deliberate ways. And, and people just aren't awake to the fact. And if you're, you would think eliminating honors programs would be one of those, one of those wake up calls. And when you, you know, when kids start coming home and as they are in other towns like Portsmouth and in South County uh, coming home with surveys, asking them about their, you know, third graders are less asking about their sexual preferences and their race. And you'd think parents would start to put their foot down, but I think so many of them are just, they're just kind of shocked. <laughs> you know, it's almost, it's almost hard to believe it's going on. And, and, and yet they, the push is that you're not allowed to say anything suddenly, you know, transgenderism is, is the most important civil rights movement in a, in a, in a century, you know, and I think people are just, they're just, they're kind of dizzied from it all and, and just want it to go away. And so they're letting their schools be taken over by these, these ideologies. Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. Justin Katz, Brett Smiley, who had been the director of administration for Governor Raimondo, he um, <clears throat> famously in 2014, he was running for mayor of Providence his campaign was going nowhere. He was in third, and then he dropped out of the race, but at the same time, he endorsed, at the time, just Jorge Alorza, who then defeated Michael Solomon in the Democrat primary. Both Smiley and Alorza denied, when they had a joint press conference, that they had any type of deal between the two of them. But then shortly after Alorza uh, was elected and became mayor, he quickly hired Brett Smiley, who was then almost like his his vice mayor, because Tony Simon was the uh, chief of staff. He was only there about a year, and then uh, Governor Rondo picked him to be the director of administration. So uh, he got a lot of press. I'll give him that. And uh, he, he his profile was definitely raised during the pandemic. I even mocked that he would just stand there with no chair and, and wouldn't say anything. He would just stand there on stage. <laughs> with uh with governor Armando. but i'm just curious any thoughts you have on the smiley for mayor campaign that really kicked off uh, last week well I, what i found striking was his his big big emphasis on as if as if all he's going to do is come in and fix roads and make sure everything's working fine and he he did that a little bit his first time around he, he was the guy almost like a copying elizabeth warren uh, from massachusetts you know, he was the guy with all the plans oh i have a plan to fix that he had a commercial yeah. at the time popping up in weird places i have a plan to fix that and i you know i've never seen him in office actually do anything that would make me say, Oh, that's a Mr. Fix it kind of guy. You know, he's, he's just a, he's there. He's an insider. He's had some questionable real estate handlings in the, in the Brown area that seemed kind of strange when he was involved in the, in the city government, you know, he's just, he's just another insider, but he's a very far left progressive. And so he's coming out actually disclaiming some of Alorza's experiments. I think, for example, the, uh, the universal basic income kind of programs. Right. And I, I mean, I guess some people will buy it, but nobody who's, who's been watching for very long should, I mean, he's, he's a progressive and that's, that's what he'll do. But I found striking, you know, you talk about fixing this, you know, make sure the, the, the trains are running on time, so to speak. Yeah. You know, how about, how about fixing gang violence? <laughs> that would be, that would be an interesting thing for him to, yes. to say he's going to take on. We had what, there are four shootings over the weekend this time, that's right. this time around. I mean, that's, this, that's a topic that, I need, think needs to be spoken about. And if you're going to be the guy who's going to make things work in the city, you know, how about Providence College kids can can go out for for dinner, a late dinner and not get beat up on the way back? I mean, that would be a good thing to fix. But there's nobody wants to talk about that because it's all just a all just a lie. They're not going to fix anything. He's not a Mr. Fix it, but he'll, he might it might help get him over the finish line, especially because, I mean, Alors is in office. And when he was elected, that part of that was he, our, our political system is not just not producing anybody better. Uh, right. and, he, there, and so he may get in with the promise of, of maybe trying to be a little better, but uh, in no way I, would I be optimistic about his outcomes. Uh, Brett Smiley was the one that uh, we used to kind of mock just because when there was terrible snow, when uh, they, I think their first 
time when their first um, year in the administration of Alorza, and he was the one that famously said, you know, maybe if you have a friend in the suburbs, you could just go park your car there for a while. Um, just because the roads in Providence were so terrible and there was nowhere to park and they were not plowing properly. He's claiming now, you know, and we're going to, you know, we're, we're really going to plow the, the streets and, you know, and take it like these are these are basic government services that it shouldn't be a campaign pledge. But that's just how bad things have uh, have kind of fallen. Justin, are you surprised that in uh, the CB2 race, I, I still don't really think it's heating up much especially when you see around the country a lot of the congressional races are really already um they're having debates and you know they're already highly highly engaged uh you would think with a huge international situation regarding that's going on right now if anything you put on the news so much of it is is international because the war in ukraine and um and boy, you, you know, between uh, other than Seth Magazine, they're demonstrating where he's going for lunch that day. <laughs> he's he seems to be the only one that's that's fully really out there. Now, granted, I had my eye off the ball a little bit, but I'm not seeing any. I, I mean, you tell me differently, but I'm not seeing a lot of initiatives right now coming out of the at least the Republicans in the CD2 race. No, not a, there's not a whole lot of noise all around. As you said, there's the, the magaziner tour uh, of the district yeah. he doesn't live in. Um, just a good De La Cruz has been out and getting a lot of good attention, although, you know, she she announced. So it's that kind similar kind of tone of uh, here I am and I'm going around talking to people. Uh, I wonder if some of it is that they're they're all running it's running for an open seat right so yeah. um i mean if if so it's it's being run almost like a local race you know here here's how who i am in rhode island whereas if you know if somebody were taking on langevin or, or say cicilline uh as an incumbent that then it, national issues would be a bigger deal because because you're, you're going after somebody who handles national issues and they'd have a record on that um, so I think that's part of it might be that the Republicans are just getting going and they do have a primary, which is somewhat unusual in Rhode Island these days. Uh, so they're not quite taking hits at, at the opposition like they would. So, I mean, we may see more more of an upshot, but I, I agree. We we both kind of thought it was going to take a lot of the air out of the governor's race. Um, and, and it doesn't seem to be getting all that much air itself. At least yeah, if anything, it's wide open. And I'm surprised that someone who like would like to, you know, uh, maybe attempt to try to get some momentum going wouldn't try to be like a little more engaged with it. What do you make of um, Kathy Gray in the Primer's Journal broke the story about these bonuses at the convention center? As much as a lot of people might say, you know, they're not familiar with all the details and don't know all the specifics. One thing we do know is they the convention center was basically closed because they they were using it as the field hospital so there were no events um i again i don't know all the details but i i'm not sure uh what to make of that and i guess there was some kind of confusion that supposedly someone said it came up at a vote then they found out that it wasn't even listed in in the agenda that's one of those times that kathy gregg is very good about you know paperwork and following up and discovering something like that but any thoughts on these bonuses that went out at the Rhode Island Convention Center? I'm not exactly sure what they would be for. Yeah, no, they, well, they called them <laughs> retention bonuses, oh, which retention, as, we, as, as we've discussed, it, you know, the, these jobs don't need retention bonuses. No. Everybody wants them. The convention center is in some ways a favor mill for the, the yeah. powerful insiders. George Knees, right at the top of that, that whole right. thing. So this is where people send their their nephews and nieces for jobs you know they're they're not looking for retention bonuses and so it's kind of disgusting to be giving away bonuses up to forty thousand dollars for for something that was closed down you know they as if, unless you're telling me they they were furloughed and this, these bonuses are just sort of like to give them a little bit of back pay then if they were getting full full checks while their business was inoperable for a while uh, you know i granted some of them helped in the, the hospital i guess but you know it just it's just you know the more the money going around to the insiders and it it gives a lie to a lot of as we were talking about earlier mckee with the here's all the great things i'm doing with the money yeah you, bonuses for for insiders filters right down through the convention center to people who who don't need retention bonuses who weren't who weren't suffering uh, 
as the private sector did during the, the pandemic, and yet they're reaping the rewards. It's, it's exactly the kind of issue I was talking about that uh, that uh, Ashley Callas could could pull push on you know is when have you had enough rhode island you know we just need to fix this This isn't hard to fix we need to somebody to push back on all of this stuff and it's it's always disappointing when these stories get out and it it's almost like the reporters gotcha you know you gotta you get it for a week and oh good job kathy and next week somebody else will get a different one similarly and yet we're all just as rhode islanders just not that's i guess we're kind of used to it and we're just don't not responding as we ought to the new, uh, the new buzzword definitely is the whole retention bonus. So whoever came up with that, uh, it sounds like everyone else likes the way that sounds. <laughs> None of it made sense when you have judges with lifetime appointment to the bench, and yet somehow they needed a retention bonus. But I have a feeling that we haven't uh, heard the last of that's when, when if somebody's in a pinch to just throw out, well, you know, retention bonuses to try to keep the people. Folks, he is the <laughs> managing editor, anchorising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. Uh, thank you for all your thoughts, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. Great to have you back in the, in the home state. Thank you very much. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident? Someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401 272 3340. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Check out the website, dePietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, DePetro.com. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in, you'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like Isae, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas, plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland.